Come along, catch a half a lump. Sit with me on a muddy clump. We'll sing a song of days gone by. Run along now, don't be glum. Get you gone now, have some fun. Don't be long for the end is nigh. Don't let moments pass along and waste before. Hello and welcome back to Experiencing Gold, a tabletop role-playing game podcast. I'm not your DM. That honor goes to Connor. Gasp. I'm sorry. I really, Connor. I, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna like finish it originally, and then I realized it rhymed, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. No, that's very good. That's very good. Yes, thank you. Uh, I am going to be running the show for this uh, mid. What do we want to call this? Do we want to call this the postseason because we're we're technically in between big seasons? Connor, you know what you want to call it. I I know what I want to call it, but I feel like you'll you'll yell at me. Just, Just call it, it what you want to call it. This is Experience and Gold Season 1.5 Final Mix. <sighs> well then, GM Connor, please introduce us. So, uh, the the game we're going to be playing uh, for this Season 1.5, uh, we are going to be taking a break from Dungeons & Dragons. Be- you know, because we, we do like to play other games, as you've noticed through our, our one-shot specials. The way it actually worked out was I sent a... a big list of pitches to all of the um to all of the the cast and we we narrowed it down to the top three contenders and then eventually chose on the one we're going with uh and the game we are going to be playing is monster of the week um those of you who are unfamiliar with it monster of the week is a powered by the apocalypse game so it was uh it's a 2d6 system that was originally part of the dungeon world and apocalypse world family um and Guys, it is such a robust system. Like the amount of games that exist in the Powered by the Apocalypse like 2D6 yeah. family. There was one, oh, okay. I don't remember who sent it, but someone sent there was one where you play as a group of Icelandic settlers in the 1800s. That was me. I found that. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to play that someday. Mm-hmm. Like how charming that they were like, let's make some mm-hmm. Icelandic Viking stories. But it can exist side yep. by side with like Monster of the Week. Like that's um, incredible. Yep. Mhm. Uh, the big difference between the uh, the Powered by the Apocalypse systems and Dungeons and Dragons is that it is a lot more narrative heavy than mechanics heavy. Um, those of you yes. familiar with Monster of the Week know what I'm talking about. Those of you who aren't, uh, rather than you know having rules for everything that you can do, you know, and having each thing be a specific role and all that, you get a set of basic moves, um, just things that you can do that. What's the word? Go hand in hand with a wide variety of situations. Those moves are kick some ass, act under pressure, help out, investigate a mystery, manipulate someone, protect someone, and read a bad situation. Mm-hmm. It's just different different styles of play. And I think there's a lot of value to branching out and like seeing how we can do with a more narrative-based one versus a very mechanic. And like 5e is not mechanics heavy, but like compared to this, it absolutely oh, yeah. is. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. and I mean, here's looking that, at you, 4e. That's a, a <laughs> huge thing about Dungeons mm. and Dragons in general. It, it it came from war games, mm-hmm. which are all about the mechanics. Oh yeah. And it added in roleplay, which is which is great. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to play something that puts role play in the forefront sometimes. Well, the the really cool thing about these games. So the reason that I found out about this was, uh, so I've been playing in a Monster of the Week game for about a year and a half now with one of my other groups, um, and it initially started off as there was a uh, a Pathfinder modern thing that we were doing, and we all disliked it immensely because we weren't able to do actually what we wanted to do with our characters. And we found Monster of the Week and realized, hey, there's so much wiggle room with what the moves do and, you know, how we can interpret things that we can do pretty much whatever we want with the characters as long as we justify it and it makes sense. So we are going to be treating this session as sort of a session zero, get you guys uh, caught up on sort of what the game's going to be as well as our characters. I've been talking on and off with everybody about what their characters are. Uh, I know a little bit about Nick and Keith's character. Um, I know more about Sam's character than I do some of my NPCs at this point, <laughs> and that is that is wonderful. Um, my bad. So to I give you guys apologize. to give you guys an idea as to what this game is going to be, Monster of the Week is set to be um, a Monster of the Week type narrative. For those of you who aren't 
sure as to what that is, think like Supernatural or uh, Scooby-Doo. Um, Buffy. where where yep. each arc or episode or Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah, where each you know arc, each episode, they fight a different monster, solve a new mystery, that sort of thing. The ta- the, the the game is going to be set in the the fictional town of Bellhaven, Kentucky, uh, a town that is shrouded in mystery and by all accounts of geography and history doesn't technically exist but keeps showing up. Is it unincorporated? It is. Uh, yes. It is a Same it is a sleepy hometown. it is a sleepy mountain Sweet town. Too. Not a whole lot goes on there. You know the 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 villagers live kind of a, a a simple life. Each none of the players know a whole lot about the town again because there's not a lot of historical records about it. Other than it keeps popping up as being a place that exists, um, but also doesn't technically exist on any government records. Um, Whoa. Yeah, some That's... players, I know Nick and I talked a little bit about it, may know a little bit more about the town just through investigation than some of the others. I waved, no one could see me wave. No one could see you wave. It's been a hot second. Yeah. <laughs> this is still yeah. an audio medium. Um, yep. <laughs> each arc, you know, I'm not going to say each episode, but each arc is going to see our hunters tackling a different uh, monstrous threat in the, the town of Bellhaven, or some other type of mystery uh, pertaining to the weirdness of the town. That's really all the information I really want to give out because I am I'm excited to let it all sort of unfold. Um, I will say I am going for a very specific vibe uh, for this campaign and a very specific tone. My three biggest inspirations for this campaign are Gravity Falls, Twin Peaks, and Bloodborne. Love it. All three of those are my jam, and you absolutely know <laughs> yeah. that. The, you yep. introduced me to one of those, <laughs> two, two of those, yep. actually, Connor. Which yep. are Gravity Falls and Bloodborne. Yeah, I'm uh, down. You're welcome for the third. So because this podcast set a very musical <laughs> precedent with our, our first uh, our first season, uh, I did want to have sort of a, a musical motif, um, a sort of musical mood that I'm going to try and hit. Uh, and that is, um, those of you who are familiar with the, the, the anime Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, specifically <gasps> oh, no. the movie End of Evangelion, may know the song Kamsa Sertad. Uh, which translates to Come Sweet Death. Uh, it is it is that song, but played on an N64 sound card to sound like it's from Banjo-Kazooie. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I have feelings about this. <laughs> I have so many questions that I don't want answers for any of them. I will, I will put a link... I will put a link in the uh, in the description so you all can listen to it. But that is the yes. that is the sort of mood I'm going for with this kind of fun, a little bit whimsical, definitely silly, uh, but also an air of of genuine danger. Um, yeah. Because with Monster of the Week, there is a very real chance that players will die. Oh no! Mm-hmm. Wait, players oh, or characters? Yeah, that's a very important question. <laughs> I'm glad you all asked. I've added another layer to this game. No, yes, characters. The most dangerous Pip! Pip! No! <laughs> I gave Pip a gun and a very specific set of instructions. <laughs> Don't give the goblin a gun. Nah, it's fine. I'm, uh, I'm NRA certified. Oh my god, that means that I can be trusted with the gun. Right. You know, it was bad enough when he found out about OSHA. The, the only thing that stops a bad person with a gun is a good goblin with a gun. I would endorse that. Ah. <laughs> a good goblin, yes, but yeah, not a good go- person. Yeah. Goblins aren't people. <clears throat> All right, sorry, anyway. I'm taking a hard stance. <laughs> um, Actually, it's a very soft stance, and you could sway me very uh, easily. All right. Um, <laughs> so that's all I'm going to give out about the, the story right now. Uh, now I want to talk about all yours characters because I've been talking for too long and I need to get some of this tea in me. Lovely. Sam, since tea, we... Sis. What? Yep. Yes, the tea exists. No, I said spill the tea, sis. Oh. I liked uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> spill the tea, sis. Yes, the tea exists. All right. So <laughs> since, so again, Sam, I know the, the most about your, your hunter. Do yeah. you want to tell us a little bit about uh, the kind of character you're going to be playing in this game? I just wanted to say, for those of you that aren't familiar with Monster of the Week, that's kind of one of the things that we do as players is we we select a, from a, a pre-made list of selections of archetypes. Our playbook. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there can only be one of each archetype. Much there like the Highlander. Be one. <laughs> I'm glad we went to the same 
to yep. the same space, Nick. Stupid. You're Stupid. welcome. This Stupid. is why we're friends, right? Um, I, <laughs> I just gave you a thumbs up. No one can see that. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. This is an audio medium. Um, so I am playing, my character's name is uh, Valerie Navarro. She is the spooky. Um, Stat-wise, I've got, I, I don't know if people care about this, but some people out there probably care about it. Um, I'm at if you want to build one. along at home. Yeah. Uh, get your own Valerie Navarro out of the box. Um, she's at minus one charm, minus one cool, plus two sharp, zero tough, and plus two weird. Um, for my moves that I took, um, I'm kind of building kind of, um, and I'll get into her backstory in a second. I'm kind of building um, a person who she wasn't born as the spooky. This kind of developed as she got older, um, and she can just kind of do some weird stuff that she isn't, um, she should be more afraid of it, but she's not. Um, so I have Hex. Um, so when I cast spells, I can pick from, um, different effects, um, like target contracting a disease or the target breaking something's precious, like kind of these little spooky witchy hexes. Um, mm -hmm. I also took hunches. So when something bad is happening somewhere that I, my character is not located, um, I roll plus sharp. And depending on my result, I might be able to uh, figure out what's going on there just based on this like weird hunch I had, um, kind okay. of premonitionary. Um, and then I'm also taking tune in, um, which means I can attune my mind to a monster or minion. Uh, depending on my role, um, I ask uh, the keeper questions about what the creature's doing, what it might be planning, uh, what it might attack how I can attract its attention to avoid any bad things going on. So I kind of like narrow into the mind of something we're trying to take down. So you're very um, much building an information gathery type character. Yeah, um, kind of, I like thinking of her as kind of intuitive in ways okay. that she doesn't completely understand. Um, Got it. And I just really want to cast hexes on people. Let's be real. Um, I I do have a question for you because you did mention yeah. the the when you cast spells. Are you thinking of Valerie as a being able to to cast like you know fireball, or is it mostly just like the minor little witchy mm -hmm. magics? The way I imagine it is um a lot of physical manipulation. So if I'm okay. imagining her casting a spell, it is a telekinesis type thing. Um. Very much like you would see in, like, like, I don't know, like, like a B-list horror film that's mm -hmm. not about flashy and bangy. It's about, like, kind of spooky a little bit more. Okay. Um, so, like, like, possession type stuff. Like, things are moving around the room. Um, she's flipping over in weird positions. Like, I'm kind of going for the exorcist mm -hmm. type of a vibe with Got magic. It. If so more so more like telekinetic magic and like just causing events to happen. Yeah. More so than conjuring the elements and blowing stuff up. Yeah. I don't okay. think she's necessarily uh intentional with a lot of this. I think a lot of it is built from her feelings and kind of instinct. Um, more impulse than like I'm now gonna summon a big ice crystal around this thing. Like it's more of like She's scared of something that's rushing toward her, so she pushes it away with her mind, right? Okay. All right, um, I'm here for it. Yeah. And then, so I'm taking, as my level up, I'm going to take two other moves from a different playbook, which I'm taking from the Flake, um, which is very much like a conspiracy theorist playbook. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm taking Connect the Dots, which is a at the beginning of each mystery move. Um, I look for wider patterns that the events were in could be a part of which gives me some information for the next coming arc or hunt, I suppose is the term. Yes. Um, and I'm also taking contrary, which is my favorite move of all of these. Um, when I seek out and receive someone's honest advice for like the best course of action, and then I do the opposite, I get bonuses, which I love. That's very good. <laughs> that is like, very don't good. Don't go into that warehouse. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I won't. You got it. And then immediately go into the warehouse. Um, I'm going to get plus one ongoing on any moves that I take while pursuing that course. And I am so pumped about this. Uh, peek behind the mechanics curtain. Plus one ongoing means that until as long as they are acting on that action, they will have plus one to all roles that pertain to that action. Right. 
Dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so speaking about uh, Valerie kind of narratively, um, she's a woman in her late 30s, early 40s. Um, she lives in this kind of spooky Victorian manner that's been in her family for generations. Uh, she's it's kind of sad in a kind of um, vague melancholy, I am not necessarily excited about the path my life went away. Um, she's married. She's got a wedding ring on. Um, she, um, I, I don't think I'm going to reveal the dark side tags yet, um, which is part mm-hmm. of my spooky character. I just think it'd be more interesting if we didn't necessarily put that out there for like narrative reasons. Just know that there is a dark side to Valerie. There is a dark side. Oh no. Um, under my look, I have piercing eyes. Um, I selected ratty clothes, but I imagine when she shows up, she's wearing boot cut jeans, uh, a, maybe even a cowboy boot, almost like a like a cross between a cowboy boot, hunt, hunt, like hiking boot type thing. Um, okay. Just a white men's shirt, and she's got this um, long um, woolen cardigan that's got like some design on it like in um dark red and yellow like almost um native american kind of looking design um it looks old like it's got some holes in it she's worn this thing for a minute um she's also got a um 38 revolver on her hip that she (laughs) covers with this cardigan which is why it's long over her hips and Mm -hmm. a big knife up uh on a strap on her leg um uh, what the other hunters would know about her going into this straight up is that um, Valerie is a pulp sci-fi writer. Um, she publishes under W or under H. K. Navarro, um, and you've seen her books in like grocery stores. Like that's the kind of writer she is. She just pumps out these novels, kind of cryptid-related, uh, creepy natural horror. Think like Mothman Chronicles meets Annihilation. That sort of writing um good and she's looks a little bit crabby um and she's (laughs) got a big carpet bag and she's here to look into some spooky stories to inspire her books good 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 there's there's valerie so that that is valerie navarro sam's character um i'm gonna go how you guys are appearing on my skype window nick do you want to tell us a little bit about your character So my character is, uh, his name is Arthur Henriksen. He is the professional. Um, Okay. He, uh, the, the, uh, agency that he's with as the professional has, uh, is, is deeply shrouded in mystery, though it is connected to every single one of the world governments. Uh, think like the Knights Templar. Um... They adhere to the old ways of the, of the, you know, of the Knights of Eld and, uh, uphold their traditions. Uh, in fact, anything, any weapons that their, uh, agents go into battle with are, are all indeed blessed with holy water. Okay. Just general holy water, mind you. Uh, what is it? Non-denominational holy water. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. This is the holy water you can buy at religious Costco. This is at like yeah. the yes, Unitarian exactly. Church. Well, hey, it's been blessed by whoever they found that's ordained in anything. Like, hey, man, you got you got to fight. You got to fight like uh, you got to fight a Christian demon. Holy water. You got to fight an oni. Holy water. Fuck it, man. We got it. They just they anyway. have a big they have a big pool, and they just have a priest from every religion just do a cannonball into the pool, and then they scoop oh out God. the water. Occasionally, they just bring in somebody who's ordained in the the mm-hmm. Church of Life yeah. from online, <laughs> come in and just be like, "Yeah, it's holy water now." Uh, as the times they are a changing, uh, there there is the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster that has ordained some of their weapons as well, just oh, to be safe. Just in case. Just in case, just you, know, you never know that it's used yeah. pasta water. <laughs> it, is it is now. It is now. It is now. Some a of good... it. Yeah. I, I told mean, you I've all my tone. recipes it is where they say save one cup of of the pasta water. So yeah, there you go. Um, but uh, Arthur Henriksen is part of the uh, division that is sent to either exterminate monsters 
or to investigate extremely dangerous monsters. Okay. Uh, very. St- he's he's a large, stocky German man. Mm-hmm. Um, third generation American, mm-hmm. uh, German. So not that much German, but the uh, the spirit is still very much alive in his family. Right. Uh, they they drink schnapps on Christmas. Like I don't know, is that something Germans do? Potato pancakes. <laughs> Yes, yeah. potato pancakes. There you go. Fish fries on Friday. Nope, that's Catholic. Never mind. Well, they could also, also be. Also, also that's German. also just that's that's also just the Midwest. <laughs> You're not wrong, but uh, no, he definitely grew up in. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna definitely Do say it. Arthur grew up in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, okay. Grew up in Wisconsin. Showed an aptitude for um, survival. Hmm. Uh, his thing was his like thing is is that he's not exactly like the smartest person or the strongest person, but he's very good at keeping calm under pressure. So he's kind of useless until shit hits the fan. <laughs> and that's why he got assigned to this division. All right. Um, hence why I took the move unfazable. I gain a plus one to cool. Um, and also tactical genius. When I read a bad situation, I can roll cool instead of sharp. Okay. So what? Um, oops, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Well, I was going to ask you. So with those two moves, it seems like you're sort of going for a, a more combat focused role. Oh yes. Okay. Um, so Arthur um, has this problem when he's trying to capture monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he always wants to study them. He wants to learn more about these monsters that he's gone off and, you know, the agency has told him to go out and kill. I haven't named the agency. Uh, Connor, as the keeper, I'm allowing you to make that decision for me. Okay. Um, because I really don't care. Uh, quick, quick question. Where is, uh, where is, where is your, your agency located? The agency is centralized in Switzerland. Okay. Oh, it's international. Oh, like I said, it's connected to every okay. world government. That was very, okay. Uh, they could be the clockmakers. So is that where is that where you operate out of the Switzerland, or is there another base where so you're? So he operating operates from? out of. Um, it's actually a base that is based in. Um, it's Area Fifty One. <laughs> so in Nevada, okay. Yes, okay. Nevada. That is what really happens in Area Fifty One. Is it is in. Uh, it is an old world order that has existed yeah. since time immemorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, really very similar to. Were there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he was actually sent to deal with them just due to the fact that uh, he's not the smartest. So he was just like, "I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, get, there's nothing get here. Get out of here we with just, your memes. <laughs> get out of here with your may mays." <laughs> Christ. Uh, th- that hasn't happened yet because this game takes place yeah, in no. 2008. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Oh. Oh my so God. memes are still funny. Uh, yes. Memes are memes are still the, the picture Which of the face. animal with the multicolored background and the white text. And those haven't been done to death yet. Yeah. Valerie doesn't know how to work the internet. It's weird that we thought those were funny at one point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, YouTube else. must be like brand new. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Neil Cisariga mm-hmm. is still king at that point. Neil Cisariga is still king. Period. Yeah, I know, but like you know, king, king. Now he's like <laughs> low key king. He's the secret king. Yes, Neil Cisariga is the secret king of the. Internet. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. sorry. Let's stop world building, C- Neil Cisariga. Uh, let me. Let me. Uh, let me get bo- back. I'm just Bold of you to assume Neil Cisariga isn't already a part of this campaign. But uh, he has this unfortunate uh, tendency when he's trying to capture these. Uh, let's just call them cryptids. Why not? Um, no, they're not. He has a tendency to kill them instead of capture them. Okay. Uh, it's kind of, and he's very upset about it because he wants to be able to research them and he wants, you know, the agency to be able to research them, but he keeps killing them. Um, the agency is kind of to blame in this, uh, regard 
in that uh, they are very well armed. Uh, those are those are some of the resources. I have to pick two resources as I am part of the agency. Okay. Uh, the agency has two resources. One of them I have chosen is well armed. The other one I have chosen is uh, well financed. Yes, the Rothschild family is part of this organization. Good. Okay. And uh, Julia Child also part is of the organization. Actually, Julia Rothschild, but she has hidden her name. Obviously, she's dead at this point, but uh, you know. Yep. Or is she's she? definitely one of one of the well-regarded leaders. Um. However, with this agency, there is a little bit of red tape, and that is that they are uh, they tend to be very cryptic with the missions that they send people on. Okay. Which is also problematic in the fact that they're very bureaucratic. So Arthur has to send back reports about things. So they'll say, hey, go to this town and investigate mushrooms. And he'll say, okay, what about the mushrooms? And they say, eh, just anything. Just tell us about the mushrooms. <laughs> All right. Morels are in season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so uh, as they are well-armed and well-financed, uh, Arthur has really taken to the classical nature of his agency, and uh, his combat armor is more like an actual suit of armor. of Like knight's armor? Like knight's armor, but made out of, you know, Kevlar and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's this blending of, like, you know, medieval, like, ideals okay. of, like, protection and armor and stuff, but they made it modern. modern and tech. a lot of a lot of the people in the agency in his division share that same tendency. Okay. Do, um, do, so do you have they the roll into town? Do you have the show helmet box ticked or not? I uh, yes. <laughs> okay. But I have the visor up. All right. <laughs> so shell show helmet is on, but visor up is ticked. Good. <laughs> um. However, uh, another thing with this is that uh, they arm their people very well, as you know, especially Mm -hmm. in this division that he's in. So he walks around with a briefcase. In said briefcase is is an assault rifle Mm -hmm. and a shotgun. Both are collapsible because this technology was around in the uh, early 2000s, so we can do that. Okay. Well, especially government-based. I think yeah. it's especially fine Especially government-based. Your, your secret organization has access to some strange technology. We'll go, just go with that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So basically, he just folds his assault rifle in half, sticks it in his briefcase, carries it around. Nobody is the wiser. Okay. Uh, when, he gets, when he gets stopped at uh, the... Uh, warehouses or not warehouse? What? I when he gets TSA. <laughs> when he gets stopped by TSA, which is ninety nine percent ineffective. Anyway, oh, uh, <laughs> hot take. Shots fired. Actually, uh, no, that's backed by statistical evidence. Yeah, no. did you know that the um, TSA has never caught a terrorist? No. Um, <clears throat> I have to fly soon, you guys. <laughs> Why would you tell me this? Um, but uh, he walks around with those. Uh, when he's stopped by TSA, he all he does is just flash a badge, and they just go, "Oh, okay, yes, very sorry, sir. Please go right ahead." Um, and uh, strapped to uh, his leg, much like uh, Val. Valerie. Valerie. There we go. Um, much like Valerie is a big knife, which he uses in close combat situations. Uh, one thing that is important to note about Arthur. That uh, your char- that the other characters have noticed about him on the uh, brief encounters that they've had before session one, he's a narcoleptic. Ha! Huh. Okay. All right. And he tends to fall asleep mid-conversation. He does not fall asleep when he is intently focusing on something, which is useful. But uh, uh, during everyday, average, day-to-day things, he'll just all of a sudden just... Yes, of course. We're going to go out, and we we have to hunt this monster. Now, now, Nick, I am going to just. I did tell you one of my two two of my uh my my big inspirations are Twin Peaks and Bloodborne, and you are willingly making your character a narcoleptic. Yes, thank you, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you for this gift. Truly, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> um, 
All right. So that is uh, that is Arthur Henriksen, the professional. Yes. Uh, Keith. Last but uh, not least, uh, tell us about your your hunter. Uh, so, I am playing the monstrous. Mm. Spooky. Oh wait, no, that's no, that's Sam. me. <laughs> yeah. For, for, the, for the those spooky. who don't, I'm the monstrous. For those who don't know, and because it's less uh, less apparent than the other two, just by title, what is the monstrous? The monstrous is a uh, a person who has either become, is part, or was born as a monster, but has actually turned to the side of humanity and good. And... uh, I fight for the users. Often, yes. (laughs) And uh, will fight to protect those who still are human or fight to protect the human side of themselves. Uh, Okay. And so... Their name is Shivan Okulain. Ooh. You want to run that by me one more time? Shivan Okulain. You want to spell that hey, out Keith, for me phonetically? What, uh, what, what does Shivan mean in, uh, I'm assuming, Irish? Uh, so Shivan, Shivan is, a name, is an Irish name that it's means the, by the, the grace of... Yes. By the grace of God. Shivan is a bastardization of that. Cool. Which, By the grace of God, which takes some of its inspiration from Shia, which means the Fey folk. Yeah. Shia. I'm sorry. So. <laughs> should be. Chia yes, pets should are a be. gift. Chia pets were a gift of goodwill from the Fey to humanity. I'm here for that. So please continue. Shivan Ochulain's name means roughly "By the grace of the court of the Fey." Yeah. So, I was gonna say, yup. It is either a play on words or outright blasphemy or both. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, for base for stats, uh, they have a minus one to charm because they're kind of weird. Oh, you too. <laughs> yeah, we're plus, not good at charm, you guys. <laughs> a plus one oh, to cool. No. I definitely won't use that against you. A Give plus one to NPC. cool. A plus one okay. to sharp. Mm-hmm. Zero tough. And a plus three to weird. Yeah. Of course. So, Shivan is uh, unnatural. Shivan is part fey. Shivan is the offspring of a human and a type of fey called a linan shia, which serves essentially as a, a muse. Props to my fellow human. But as part of the contract that a linan shia will make... The, the fairy slowly drains the life of the person that they inspire. No more props to my fellow human. <laughs> and that is carried over into Shivan. Shivan has a curse, which is that they must feed. They must subsist on living humans through spiritual essence. Okay. Uh, in general, this has led to them uh, more appreciating city life because they can just sort of <laughs> slightly drain anybody that they pass by throughout the course of a day and subsist that way mm-hmm. okay without doing without like too much harm without okay. like actually murdering people you know people they take are sad in cities and wait and they take is this maybe... why i forget things sometimes no <laughs> oh <laughs> they take maybe uh like this is why people tend to live shorter lives in cities Oh, yikes. You mean it's... Never mind. <laughs> uh, it's not because of pollution. It's because there's a half fay walking past shaving a week off your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say about the lax gun control laws, but you know. <laughs> oh, that too. Stop which, making statements about this. Which, is, which is also because of the lax gun control walls, laws. Laws. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is also why she even carries a 9 millimeter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you also have a big knife strapped to your leg nope oh. instead of a big knife instead of a big knife she even carries a nine millimeter strapped to their leg uh-huh. <laughs> ah yes and i am using they because as a fey they are particularly androgynous mm-hmm. okay and 
they have just embraced that and yeah. carry on life as an androgynous, weirdly, like, being fey, like, physically attractive, but you're weirding me out. Yeah. Like, yeah. almost too physically attractive. Yeah, doesn't yeah. blink to enough. everyone, yeah. Skin yes. looks like it's airbrushed when it's not. It's real and in life. fact, and in fact, based on based on the uh, looks section that I selected, they're mysterious and have an unnerving aura about them. Yeah. Okay. Air has a gentle breeze blowing <laughs> through it at all times. Uh, so, and Wait, they so they grew up in Chicago. Mm. <laughs> are you are you are you still operating out of Chicago? No. They tend to wander around, but they really, they really embraced Chicago. Uh, they grew up there because their parent, one of their parents, uh, was a fae from Ireland, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and their other parent was Amer- Irish American, long history in Chicago. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Keith, I would just like to say that while our characters will never, it'll never come in, come up in the campaign. And they'll pro- they'll never talk about it. They definitely rode the raging bull together when they were kids. Probably. There's probably a picture of them oh, you guys. together on that they both don't of their walls. You told me this was nostalgic Midwestern. I could have done that. <laughs> uh, that was so, from Virginia. <laughs> like Rip. As part of being part part Fay, they also have some natural attacks that they get. Uh, hmm. So they're able to, of course willfully drain life that's kind of how they feed mm-hmm. uh and they do this just through magically absorbing essence right uh, what does it sound like it doesn't have a sound it doesn't no, have a no, sound no 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 i hate that sound <laughs> it has zero sound yep. and in fact it makes the entire area around it quieter it was like like oh. dampens yeah like you're I watching like this and like you're if you if you get caught you tend to get uh, entranced by yeah. what's transpiring in front of you, and the world around you just seems to fade away. Okay. Uh, which also makes it dangerous to, like, intentionally drain a lot of life right in front of a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, they also can just impart some base magical force to harm those coming against them. Uh, and then, right. as far as moves, uh, I selected... Shapeshifter. They have two shapes that they can shapeshift into. Being part human, both of their shapes have, instead of being very wilderness-oriented or wild, have taken on semi-domesticated forms. Uh-huh. Okay. And so they can shapeshift into a larger-than-normal crow. Mm-hmm. I like that. And a very large black Irish wolfhound. Oh, good. So good. So good. good. Uh, I love that. They also have unnatural appeal, which is part of being a fey, which allows them to roll weird instead of charm when they attempt to manipulate someone. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> and then for their uh, for their level ups, I selected mo- more monstrous moves. Uh, okay. Two more moves from. The monstrous. Uh, okay. First is immortal, which mm-hmm. again comes from their fey origin. Uh, they do not age or sicken, and they suffer less harm whenever they would suffer harm. Okay, all right, one less. Uh, and then the last one is dark negotiator. Being Ooh. from the monstrous side of the world, they're able to talk with the monsters if they're able to reason. And would be able to use the manipulate someone on monsters as well as people. Cool. The key operator there being if they're able to reason. Like if you're going up against, uh, if you're going up against Bigfoot, you know, like the the traditional idea of Bigfoot, where it's not like an intelligent creature, just like a big mm-hmm. hulking gorilla man. He stole my. Car. I don't know if if, if it's a yeah. primate. Birthday gift inside. If it's if it's a primate, it can probably reason. Okay, but like if it's a big monstrous bear coming at you, you're not going to be like, hold friend bear, let us talk. It's going to maul your face. Yeah. Uh, If it's like a vampire, 
Yeah, they could. Talk. Okay, they could. Right. They could talk with the vampire and reason with that. Yep. But if yep, it's yep, the yep. Loch Ness monster, probably not. No. Can't reason with the Loch Ness monster. It's just going to ask you for three fifty. Excuse Go me, away. Lord Cthulhu. <laughs> could you cease? <laughs> Go back to sleep, my lord. Does madness mean that it's capable of reasoning? <laughs> no. It depends. Madness is the opposite of reason. <laughs> there are, and that's actually something I'll get into as we're wrapping up, but there are certain in instances where you might be able to uh, uh, try to manipulate an elder being. Uh, oh. Yeah, and, and so just for the... the cap on Shivan, they've kind of taken to um, wandering around to avoid any suspicion on them during feedings or large, in large mm -hmm. cities, but they've, they've definitely stuck in certain places for a few years at a time. Okay. Specifically large cities. So they've lived in Chicago, New York, Boston, LA, and have now just kind of been forced to come down to uh this weird little nowhereville excellent uh um so i got a lot of good stuff about your characters the last thing that we really need to do um you know for this session zero is we need to figure out a way to get you guys sort of as an adventuring party um because right now you know we've got valerie in uh valerie in virginia we've got uh arthur in nevada and we've got uh, Sheevan all over the place. <laughs> so, uh, one of the mechanics that Monster of the Week has um, is history, where it gives us an idea as to how each of the hunters knows each other, has interacted with each other, so we're not having to deal with the awkward RPG. You all meet in a tavern, and for some reason, the uh, the assassin and the, the paladin and the... Um, and the the father of three, who just happens to be good with a sword, for some reason decide to bard. start to start traveling together. Mm -hmm. It it works around that horrible plot point that every DM looks at session one, going, "Oh my god, how are you going to get onto this plot line?" Uh -huh. It works around that. Thank you. So, in order to get a feel for how the characters have known each other for a little while, uh, we're going to do something that uh, is called history in the monster of the week system i don't know why i said that with such emphasis that's what it's <laughs> called it's called a system um so what we're gonna do under each of the playbooks uh there is a, a little history thing and you'll all have a list of um sort of connections you can choose and each of you is going to choose from that list or from um really any of the lists i'm i'm kind of going to give you guys some some leeway if you have another idea to how you want a character to be connected to you, uh, feel free to go about it. Um, this is just cool world building stuff. Doesn't have any real mechanical benefit. Um, so let us go in the same order that we did uh, the character introduction. So we'll start with Sam. Okay. Sam, what are your what is your history with the other hunters? Um. So I'm gonna say my history with um, Arthur is that um, at some point in the past, I used my powers on him. Hey. Um, I, I think it was for selfish reasons. Excuse, um, we, excuse me. <laughs> well, I'm just saying I think we... Um, because Valerie's thing is she, she does a lot of traveling to find plot hooks for the books that she writes. Mm -hmm. um, and I th and so in that she tracks down like urban legends and weird phenomena that are happening across the country. Mm -hmm. And I think they ended up at the same place um, trying to hunt down the same monster in the past. And she wanted to get to the monster first. So she like pulled him back and held him as she walked forward into wherever the monster was hiding, like in a cave or something. Okay. Um, and... You so you know that she can do stuff. I think do with that what you want. You're aware of Valerie Navarro, novelist under the name H.K. Navarro, being some sort of powered person. Okay. We had a run in. We were trying to fight each other out for the same specimen. I I like that. I really like that because I also like the idea of that causing Valerie to kind of run up against your organization a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't worry, I can um, build on that, actually. Okay. 
Okay. Um, so you what can I'm... pick where it was, you guys. Okay. Like, right. if location matters, that's all up to you guys. Mothman. Mothfucking man! It's, yeah, it's Mothman. <laughs> you were investigating Mothman. Yep. So you were in St. Louis. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yep, right around there. Cool. Uh. Cool. Um, uh, and then, should I, are you good with me moving on to... I am. I am going to ask you guys to. Um, I know I sent you guys a character sheet to use. Yeah. Um, if you want to uh, write down what the bonds are and then put them on your character sheet somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, just so we can have a record of those. Yeah, totally. To pull from later. We can do but that. But then, but then, yes, feel free to go on to your uh, your bond with uh, with with Shivan. Okay, so I kind of also want to develop this, um, but my thought is that. Um, I'm, I'm taking a, a history from the flake, um, which is the signs all pointed to working together. So you found them and now you work together. Um, I think that Valerie caught word of an interesting, perhaps non-human person. Um, and she's like, I want to be their friend. I need to know their story. Um, so I think Valerie kind of... Got some people she knows to help uh, track down the location of this fey person and has now been like, hey, something's happened in Bellhaven. Let's figure this out together. Um, and she, trying to, to, to kind of combine it with a spooky history, she also hopes that they can help her control her own powers um because Mm -hmm. i think this is probably the first like monstrous adjacent person that valerie has met and like developed some sort of connection with this like in in, like a waffle house she like sat down and was like hey this (laughs) also waffle houses are liminal spaces that's just a fact (laughs) it's true yeah they are yeah uh Mm -hmm. this also reminds me the magic that shivan does is pretty different from the magic right that she does totally totally i think like i i don't think uh the only person i think valerie has seen doing some sort of magic or supernatural stuff is like Mm -hmm. bad guys like it is like a a demon or whatever so i don't think she has a concept for that necessarily um about like schools of magic if we're yeah. talking along that route, I think she's like, this person is a, a normal person I can talk to and I very, very interesting. And let's see what happens. Okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, Nick, how's, uh, uh, how's Arthur connected to, uh, to the other hunters? So Arthur, um, in regards to... Um, Valerie. Yeah. Uh, they met on a mission. Yeah. Worked together unofficially and successfully. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Is this the same mission where it is the same mission? Okay. Okay. Now, as she said, she held him back, but it goes it goes a little bit further than what uh, Valerie initially said, in which um he was about to kill the Mothman. Okay. Accidentally, as he tends to do. Yeah. But she used her magic to uh, trigger his narcolepsy. Okay. As such, he did develop a scar on his face from the matter, kind of running from uh, top of the right forehead all the way down to uh, bottom left side of his chin. He doesn't hold it against her, though. Yeah. Uh, Because as he knows... The monster is now safe. Unfortunately, he didn't get to capture it, but it is well documented by the agency and no longer considered a threat. Okay. Gonna write so down Valerie Navarro, savior of Mothman. Kind of... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're friendly. She did something kind of crappy. Yes. Got it. Okay. He doesn't hold her against her because, you know. She doesn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I'm going to kind of combine two for, uh, Siobhan. Okay. Shivan. 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 Siobhan. Saban. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Shivan. Um, 
I'm combining they're on the agency's watch list and you've been keeping an eye on them. Uh-huh. And okay. you got sent to deal with them as a hazard to the agency's policies one time. Okay. So what happened was he was sent to go deal with Sheevan. Mm-hmm. And uh, when uh, when Arthur met Sheevan, he went, wait a second. You're not dangerous. What is this? This is stupid. <laughs> but I am going to keep my eye on you because you could be dangerous. Okay. But also, so you... hey, if I need something, will you help? Because I know you like humans. They're delicious. Yum, yum. Uh, so here's here's my question for you then. Mm-hmm. Um, does the organization know that you didn't kill Sheevan? Yes. They do? Okay. Yes. They do know. And uh, he has been fighting through all of the bureaucra- bureaucracy and paperwork in order to try to get Sheevan recognized as a non-threat. Okay. Cool. That works perfectly because the uh, backstory that I had selected for Arthur was that they tried to slay you. (laughs) 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 But you proved you're on the side of good. That's so good. I love that. Uh, So, yeah. Arthur came, tried to deal with Sheevan. And eventually through, basically, Sheevan sat down also in a Waffle House. Yep, yeah. it was definitely and in a Waffle just House. Like, Wait, I have to see if Waffle Houses are regional. <laughs> Hold on. They, they are. They are, but... This game takes place in the South. There's going to be Waffle Houses aplenty. They're, yep. they're in Kentucky. Yep. Yeah. This one was in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a short distance outside of Gary. Yep. Ooh, Gary. <laughs> Oof. Yuck. They were in different different Waffle Houses. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, of course, for sure. Different Waffle Houses, but with the yet, same yet layout. somehow the same Waffle House. <laughs> it's yes. always oh the no! Same. Don't no, I don't write a book about don't that you dare! So uh, and so, uh, basically, Arthur, uh, they left a, a trail of breadcrumbs for Arthur to track them down to the Waffle House, and when they got in there, had already ordered food yep. and just said, "Just have a seat." Let's talk this out. To which, of course, he said, yeah, that sounds good. And they had a very lovely chat and just decided, look, just don't bother me. I'm not, I'm purposefully avoiding killing anybody. I just literally have to do this to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And they, and they reached a, a sort of mutual mutual understanding there. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, and then, sounds good. I like that. And then uh, for... Uh, Valerie, I'm actually going to say that I saved them from another of my kind. I love that. Okay. And prevented reprisals against that individual creature. I love that. It's probably super triggering to her when that happens, like, based on my spooky background. Um, I'm gonna want you guys to come up with some details about what that monster was and what and the Keith, you got it. I I, I already got this. You okay, uh, hold on. I'm I ju- I'm just gonna uh, turn to a piece of paper in my notebook for no real reason whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Continue. So the the this was actually the first Fae that Valerie reached out to. Uh. They're they're not exactly unheard of, and so Valerie was actually, I'm gonna say, on a fact finding trip to Ireland, uh-huh. when Sheevan was also there visiting family, and it just so happened that the first Fae that Valerie tracked down was family, uh-huh. and in so doing, ended up getting caught up in just what this Fae was doing, which was. Trying to drain some of her life. Right. Uh, so this didn't take place in a Waffle House. <laughs> Later they went to the Waffle House. It took, or did it? No, this took place in a pub. Yeah. As Named Waffle House. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was named... Falafel House. House of Pancakes. That's such a bad pub name. 
<laughs> Y'all, I saw a bar this when I was driving home today. I saw a bar called the Whatever Pub. That's all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Where do you want to go? Eh, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Sounds good. See you there. All right. Uh, and it was actually very easy to stop this whole situation, which was just yelling at their family, <laughs> scolding them for it. Uh, this was your Aunt Mab. And just getting getting the, ba- the Bane She... The banshee, uh-huh. because yeah. banshee, banshee, just means woman fae. Yep. Yeah. To leave the pub and just walk back into the woods. Okay. Get the fuck out, auntie. Just, just leave. <laughs> yep. Auntie, you can't do this here. <laughs> this person is also really well known. They're an author. If anybody's going to drain them. It's going to be mom. <laughs> yep. She, Val. And basically out. sat down with a with a pint, getting the loopy Valerie back to uh, reality. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say right here and now, much like a court of law, anything you say can and will be used against you. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, and then left left Valerie with just a card. That was just like a freelancer's card Mm -hmm. with a a cell phone number on it. Mm -hmm. And it just said Chicago. Yeah. Area. I I think it should be Chicagoland is what people call it. I think about uh, six months later, like it was too long. She took too long to reach out. But when she did, it was like, she's kind of manic with this, like, I have this really great thing. We have to like tuck this thing down and very much and it's just like i'm in chicago too yeah yeah like i am like four blocks away from you at a a waffle house (laughs) like come find me (laughs) yeah all right (laughs) all right awesome i i love all of this i have some ideas uh for some of the the later arcs uh so i have a i have a question for the group then yeah um so it it's established that you guys know each other. Yes. Um, so my question, and you guys can answer this, you know, you can come up with the conclusion on your own. It'll determine how, you know, the, the story really starts. Um, are you aware, are the three of you aware that the three of you are going to be in Belhaven at the same time? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I think, think okay. because... I think that um, the only reason she even is there is because they received correspondences from both... Valerie and Arthur. I think I think Val knew that Arthur was going there, and was like, or actually, it's opposite. I think that I think that Val was like, "Yo, Faye friend, we gotta go here. This is like super interesting, and also protect me." Um, and then Arthur was like, "Oh, they're both moving." Yeah, Arthur's agency said, "Hey, those two you've had run-ins with." Yeah. <clears throat> like they're on to something not so much like stop they're going them, to but be like, in the same spot they have a hook they found something that's going on right and that's okay the, that's the cryptic nature of his agency which yeah. is just shivan and valerie are going to be in the same place mm-hmm. that's all the instructions he and received. they're not just getting breakfast <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> they're they're doing something. Well, no, it's, it's I swear to God, if they're just getting breakfast this time, <laughs> because um, because they did just get breakfast and meet up and have the chat. Yeah, yeah. so he's like, like if they make that sort of just breakfast yeah. again, I'm gonna be so. And so, and Darthur like, kicked in the door on that one. Yeah, as as they're finishing up settling up the bill, Arthur just kicks the door open. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, Yay. So I think I think that's everything that we need right now. Uh, anything else that I, I need from you guys, I can I can ask for in the group chat or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, gotta leave gotta leave a little bit of mystery for the yep. for the listeners. So now that we're starting a new narrative, uh, now is the perfect time to get some friends on board. If they haven't started listening yet, uh, tell them to start listening, um, and then go back and listen to our other stuff as well because it's great. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us. Uh, Easiest way is probably on Twitter, where we are at EXP and Gold, uh, Expand Gold. 
Um, we can also be found on Facebook, Experience and Gold, and uh, those are really the two main ones we use at the present. Um, feel free to reach out, let us know uh, what you think of the show, what you think of us. Um, yeah, uh, please leave reviews on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you can leave reviews for the podcast. It really helps us get Spotify. noticed, helps us know what you think. Um, on Spoofy. I also want to give a very special thank you to Cosmo Sheldrake for the use of our theme song, Come Along, off of the album The Much Much How How and I. It is an amazing song. It is an amazing album. Give it a listen if you haven't already heard it. Uh, buy it if you have the means to do so. But yeah, so check us out on social media. Check us out on the internet. Reach out. Say hi. Uh, leave us reviews. We really appreciate them. And uh, I am very much looking forward to sharing this story with you. And I'm also incredibly nervous because this will be my first time DMing for a, a audience that isn't just the players. Um, but I'm very excited. I hope you guys are excited. And uh, this is going to be a fun ride. So buckle up. Listen up and you won't go wrong again Float along on the first the song And then get to where the two ends meet Come, 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 come along now Run away from the humdrum We'll go to a place that is safe from Greed, anger and boredom We'll dance and sing till sundown And feast with abandon We'll sleep when the morning comes And we'll rise by the sound of the bird song Thank you.